Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. I don't really understand exactly why the Tennessee Titans went and got Julio Jones. It's Chris Carlin in for Mike Greenberg today. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests join us via the Goodyear hotline in just minutes. We will be joined by Jeff Darlington to fill us in more regarding the Julio Jones trade and the Tennessee Titans. Now, I understand what you're probably thinking. They absolutely stole Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons for a second-round pick. It's a second and a fourth next year, the fourth in 2023, the second round year in 2022. And they also do the... Um, Titans get a sixth-round pick back in 2023 along with Jones. Here's why it's confusing to me to a degree. We all understand how great of a wide receiver Julio Jones is. But Tennessee earlier this offseason made the decision to move on from Corey Davis. Now, when a team decides to do that, you understand that they have the most information on a player, right? Okay. So you would think that they didn't love what they had in Corey Davis. They are a team that spent the fifth overall pick to take Corey Davis in 2017. Yet, they decided to move on from him. Red flag? He didn't produce at the level that they expected him to produce through his first few seasons. But I think we could agree this past year... He took a major step forward. He's got A.J. Brown there, but this is still a relatively young player who you have to pay. Enter Julio Jones into this mix after the Titans let him walk, Davis that is, to the New York Jets. You look at what they have in Julio Jones and you understand how great he is. The problem, though, is... Multifold. Number one, at this juncture in his career at 32, 33 years old, is he still going to be the same impact player over the next couple of seasons? Number two, you fully understand that each week you are going to be sitting and waiting up until that pregame warm up to find out whether or not he's going to be able to play. Now, you look at Jones's history. He probably doesn't get enough credit for the amount of games that he has played. I think the perception has been that Julio Jones misses a ton of time. Up until this past year, that really wasn't true. He had missed only four games in like the last six or seven seasons up until 2020. Now, he only played in nine games this past year. So the leg injuries... And the injuries in general, they're always going to be a concern when it comes to Jones. But I think people felt that way because of fantasy football. Because they had to wait until every Sunday at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern time when the inactives come out to find out whether or not Julio Jones was going to be able to play. And most of the time the answer was, well, he's, he's going to give it a go. But how does he fit? with the Titans? That's the third question. This is a run-heavy offense, and Arthur Smith is gone, and Todd Downing is now there, and even admitted earlier this week, hey, it makes things a lot easier on an offensive coordinator when you have Derrick Henry. 
Well, here is Derek Mason, the former Titans receiver, on how Jones fits in with Tennessee. I think he fits well. Um, if you look at what they did last year with A.J. Brown, he's becoming one of the best receivers, period, in the National Football League. And then having Corey Davis and Johnny Smith, so they were able to do a lot of things because of Derrick Henry in a play-action game. I think they're going to be able to do the same things. Um, I don't think they are going to pass no more than what they did last year. But I think you're going to see a lot more deep plays down the field because of Julio Jones. Well, that's the line that you heard right there. That last part where he said, I don't think they're going to pass any more than they did last year. Okay, my question would be, why would you give up a second-round pick and deal with all the financial implications that Julio Jones brings? They took on all of the money in this trade, which is why they got him for the second and fourth-round pick as they did. And also, remember this, 2022 draft picks, especially high picks, first, second, even third round, are viewed as gold by NFL GMs. Why? A few reasons. Number one, deep draft. Number two, you have a lot more information this coming year than you did this past year on your draft picks. You can actually get guys in your building. You can learn more about them, especially the higher draft picks, when you decide whether or not you want to take a chance on somebody. I had one GM tell me that they were not going to plan to trade any of the picks if they were going to move up. This was prior to this year's draft because they felt like their future draft picks in 2022 and 2023 were worth a lot more than they were right now because of the pandemic. So that second-round pick isn't as bad as you think it is in terms of the package that they got for Jones. But now you're taking on almost financial implications as well. And they've admitted they're going to have to restructure some guys. Ryan Tannehill, that probably means you in terms of figuring out exactly how they're going to fit them under the cap. Now, restructuring just means taking it in form of a signing bonus. That's fine. But what you're doing is robbing Peter to pay Paul. And boy, you're hoping that Paul is going to work out for you. And not everybody is convinced that Julio Jones is going to work out for you and that he's the best fit. Here's Keyshawn this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. From an organizational standpoint, you allow something that you was drafted to develop to walk out of the door to then trade for an older player that's coming off his worst season as a pro. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. The front on Corey Davis is you would have been giving him money, but you probably could have kept it reasonably controllable. And this is somebody that you invested the fifth overall pick in that you finally started to see the returns that you wanted this past year. And, let, and yet, you let him walk away to get a much older receiver, somewhat injury-prone, giving away a valuable draft pick, and taking on massive financial implications into a system that is not exactly a huge passing offense, a massive benefit to the receiver. A.J. Brown was great this past year, and they figured out how to make it work after, after all the play action. Don't look for Julio Jones to go out and have 1,400 yards this year. I don't know if that's going to end up being the difference maker that the Titans think it's going to be. Did it put them past the Buffalo Bills? I don't think it did.
I think the Bills are still better. I think the Titans are still a number three. Perhaps the most important thing they did with the trade was to keep him from going to the Baltimore Ravens because that was a place that made the most sense for Julio Jones when they're still waiting to find out if Marquise Brown is going to be a big-time receiver and they have a really good tight end in Mark Andrews. They could have used Julio Jones. That's probably the biggest benefit to the Titans was to keep him away from Baltimore. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. In moments, we check in with Jeff Darlington on the Julio Jones trade and such, and also a player who needs to learn that he's not in charge. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. It's Game 2, the Nets and the Bucks, presented by... Indeed, coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Jeff Darlington joins us in moments on the Goodyear Hotline with all the answers on the doings in the NFL. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. Good for the Clippers to move on to the next round. The Mavericks, they've got to figure some things out. Kristaps Porzingis has to figure some things out. We'll get to more on that in one minute. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's hit Cody in Virginia next on the Julio Jones trade. Cody, did it vault the Titans above everybody else except the Chiefs in the AFC? Man, I don't know. They put on a good show. They they go out there. Derrick Henry plays with a lot of heart. He definitely puts that team on his shoulders. But I think that uh, Julio Jones definitely adds something. I mean, if you think about what he did in the 2016 season, putting up 1,400 yards, uh, and then, uh, they, you know, the Falcons busted in the Super Bowl that year, but it wasn't his fault. You know, that was a run-heavy offense that year with uh, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Titans got a run-heavy offense this year, as they've had for the past couple of years. I think there is some logic to it if they play their cards right. I, I don't think there's any doubt that there's logic to it, but I think the bigger problem is, is he going to fit in exactly as you want with that offense? Are you going to be able to maximize what Julio Jones is going to give you? And this is something that Todd Downing, their new offensive coordinator, has talked about this past week, maximizing parts of their offense, but even admitted when you have Derrick Henry, it makes it that much easier. For me, 
I, I would have thought of the Tennessee Titans the exact same way if they had kept Corey Davis as I do with Julio Jones, and that makes me question the move when he's older, you're giving away valuable assets for him, and you're taking on a massive financial commitment to a player that was banged up this past year. 888-729-3776. Did that put Tennessee in front of the Buffalo Bills in the AFC as maybe the number two team? Did it make sure that they are in front of the Baltimore Ravens at this point? It's Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. If you missed any of the show today, you can always find both hours of the show posted, uh, posted daily as a podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Mavericks really have some soul-searching to do. Since Luka Doncic has gotten there and become the dominant player that he has, what have they really done to help him? Kristaps Porzingis is not the answer. And whether or not it has to do with his relationship with Doncic or just him staying healthy, any of the above. Tim Hardaway Jr. was averaging 17 shots a game in this series. Porzingis was averaging 10. If he's supposed to be Robin along with Doncic's Batman, you have to figure out exactly what your role is, Kristaps, because you weren't Robin. You were a non-factor in this entire series. You were way too inconsistent throughout the course of this series, but you listen to Porzingis after the game, and this is somebody that has a rather high opinion of where he is and where he may fit in with the future with the Mavericks, at least of where he is. Here's Porzingis. How do I feel? I feel, I mean, I'm good. I, 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 I try to put in the work, try to work hard, uh, do my part, uh, listen to the coaches, um, what, what I'm being, what I'm asked for to do. And, 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 and that's it. I, I try to keep it simple for myself so I'm not overthinking things. And, uh, and I try to focus on what I can control. And that's being a better basketball player, going into the offseason hungry, uh, wanting to get better uh, physically uh, on the basketball court. And I'm going to put that work into to get. So he's planning on getting better, but how does he fit in? You can read between the lines there. You can read between the lines on a lot of what's been said with him and Doncic over the last few weeks, specifically his comments on his play on the court. Here's more of Porzingis on what he envisions his role for next year being. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. You know, I've been so in the moment and so locked in on, on winning the series and doing, as I said, doing my part and just working hard on the court offensively and defensively and, and doing what I'm, what, what I'm asked to do. Uh, of course, there's, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a, a mental battle because that's not what I'm used to doing and, and where I'm most comfortable at. But, uh, but I kind of went back a little bit to my mindset in, in my rookie year where, you know, it's just offensive rebound, play hard on defense, uh, run the court, and and then you know do all the little things that I can, how I can affect the game, and uh, that's what I try to do in this series. And you know, and wh- whatever I do, it seems like you know, it's always something. So yeah, here's the point: I'm doing what I'm being asked to do. I'm doing all of the little things to try to win. In other words, I'm not being featured, which is as he said in there what I'm used to doing, and what I'm most comfortable doing. Does Porzingis actually think that he's in charge in Dallas of what his future is? 
the only way that he is is that the Mavericks are unable to trade away that absurd contract that he has. Three years and $101.5 million left for a guy that, frankly, has not taken enough advantage of his opportunities. And his numbers have been in single digits in scoring. Just look at how this series played out. A couple of decent games and some really not so good games. Do you feel in charge? Hmm. Doesn't feel like Luca is going to want Porzingis to be part of the long-term solution. He's certainly not going to be a strong enough number two for the Mavericks to move forward. And you know that Mark Cuban is riding with Luca. What Luca wants, he's going to get because he doesn't want to be in a position with Luca of trying to force his way out of Dallas because they haven't been able to get it done. And frankly, Cuban the last couple of years hasn't gotten good enough players around him to really elevate the Mavericks. That has to change. And he needs a new number two guy to play with for that team to be successful. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Does Julio Jones elevate the Titans into that AFC championship contention? We ask one of our experts in moments. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Tomorrow, perhaps the biggest day of the NFL offseason for... One team, certainly, and perhaps even more. That in about a minute. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. We're coming to you live from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The Julio Jones trade, a massive story over the weekend and an awfully big one coming tomorrow. Right now... It's time for Breaking Moves with ESPN NFL insider Jeff Darlington. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Jeff, it's Chris Carlin filling in for Greeny today. Appreciate the time. First of all, 
your initial reaction when you heard that the Julio Jones trade finally got done? Uh, what's up, man? I, you know, I felt like it was the most likely scenario just because, you know, there wasn't really that big of a market for Julio, whether surprising or not. Um, and likely not about the, the pick compensation, but the money that be owed to him and the, uh, the fact that the Titans were the team that was willing to actually take on all of that money and not have the Falcons uh, pay any of it uh, on their end. So, uh, you know, it made the most sense. And, uh, you know, you've got to remember, Corey Davis for the Titans last year was a really good wide receiver. He had like five games with more than 100 yards. And, and he went to the Jets. So they, I mean, as much as we want to think of this a little bit as like a luxury, this was sort of a necessity for the Titans to sort of continue to, to trend toward, um, you know, their, cha- their championship aspirations. So to me, um, kind, of, kind of necessary, but, but also uh, it's going you know, it's, it's to leave the coaches a pretty big challenge for, uh, for both Julio and AJ to get their, to get their, uh, their touches. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. It's ESPN NFL insider Jeff Darlington joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Back to Corey Davis for a second, Jeff. This is what kind of threw me off. They invested the fifth overall pick in him, and yeah, they had to wait a few years to really see a a big return on investment, but they finally saw it and let him walk. And in the meantime, you go and get Julio, you're giving up a pick that... Yeah, all right, it's a second-round pick, but it's a draft that everybody seems to feel like is pretty deep, and you're taking on all of that financial responsibility for an older player. To me, that's the part of this that maybe doesn't make the most sense. Am I being too mm-hmm. harsh on it? No, I, I don't think so. Um, it's, I mean, I, it's a first-world problem, but I, I do agree with the, the, the Corey aspect of it because he, like – I mean, you're paying a guy now who still seems to have, like, he's just a monster. Like, Tulio Jones is awesome. Mm. I get it. But he doesn't practice that much, really. He doesn't really pra- like practice at all when he was in Atlanta. Uh, he, you know, he deals with some health issues. They feel like he is healthy, and, and that's fine, but that could change in the blink of an eye. Um, and then, to your point, the, the complementary football aspect of it, to me, is a big question. With A.J. and Corey, they, they really played off of each other. Julio does a lot of the same things as AJ. So is Julio now going to be willing to really take on some new responsibilities that, that he might have not done uh, in Atlanta? Not saying it won't work, um, but I, I think it's, it's – on paper it looks awesome. I think it is definitely more of a challenge than that on the field. I thought it was interesting, Jeff, that one of the first things the Titans pointed to, to your point there, is his blocking ability – Kind of making sure that everybody knows he's gonna be he's gonna have to block in this offense. And yeah, Arthur Smith moved on. Todd Downing now has this uh, different dynamic here to work right. with. You know, you can't have 350 carries a year continually for Derrick Henry. So, will there be? I don't want to call it a major change, but at least a sizable shift in what they do offensively. I mean, there has to be. Um, well, there doesn't have to be, but if they're going to get the most out of the receiver that they're paying a lot of money now in Julio Jones, it's going to have to look a little different, and maybe they're okay with that. Um, but but don't forget, Ryan Tannehill is also like a, a pretty mobile quarterback. Like So you kind of want to let him work too. Um, so I, I, I just uh, – I don't mean to sound negative about it because I, I think it is a first-world problem. It's good to acquire talent. 
I, I love that aspect of it. And uh, but I also look toward you know Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. Like when he first joined that team, it was like, oh, Jarvis Landry and Odell, this is going to be obviously amazing, awesome. But sometimes it's not as easy as that. Sometimes it's not as easy as putting just stars on the field and throwing the ball up and playing 500. Like, I think that um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm probably maybe feeding off of or feeding off each other with some of the negativity, but, <laughs> but I just don't think it's going to be as easy as it seems. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider, joining us via the Goodyear hotline. Jeff, when you now look at the Falcons on the flip side – they yeah. haven't exactly said that they're going into complete rebuild mode. What do you see from Atlanta here uh, now, specifically after trading Julio Jones away? Well, I, I still like their offense a lot, especially because I'm so bullish on Kyle Pitts. Not that that's like anything like creative to say. The guy's a monster. Like he's, I think he's just going to be so good at that tight end position. And you've still got Ridley, who's, who's a stud too. So... Um, you know, I, I, I think they recognized as soon as Arthur Smith took over, I, I think that he saw that they were going to have to move on from Julio and, and felt okay about it. Um, they think that Matt Ryan still has some, some real life in him in terms of career success. So, I, I mean, I guess I don't think that they're contending for a championship by any means. Like the Titans are still, in my opinion, significantly better. But... Um, but especially in that division, when you're looking at the Bucs and the Saints, I, I, I just don't think that they're competing for that. But I also don't think they got that much worse by losing Julio. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls on the Julio Jones trade and where exactly that now puts the Titans in the AFC. So I'll ask you that, Jeff. Where are the Titans if you were to rank the AFC teams right now? So... I think they get back to where they were when they had Corey. And I, so I, I don't think that this all of a sudden, like I, like I saw the Vegas odds actually really like this move and, and change their line on them for, to win a uh, Super Bowl. And I, I, that makes sense to me, but I also was already pretty heavy on the Titans. I think it's with the Bills, like 2A, the Bills are 2A, the Titans are 2B in terms of those competing against um, the Chiefs. I know people love the Browns. I think they're going to have a lot of like cannibalism within that division where they beat each other up pretty good. Um, so I'm still, I still say Bills and Titans are 2A, 2B in that conference. Jeff, any reason to think that Aaron Rodgers shows up at minicamp tomorrow? Uh, no, I was texting somebody with the Packers and they said, I don't expect to see him, but who knows? You know, like I think the expectation in the building is he's not going to show up. By the way, the fine for missing better minicamp is $93,000. So it doesn't feel like all that significant um, for the stand that he would be wanting to make. I'm sure he made camp, more than but, that doing Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And by the way, in training camp, though, it's 50000 a day, and that's not forgivable. It used to be like that if a guy held out and after the holdout, the team could refund that money if they just wanted to kumbaya it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't do that anymore. The new CBA says 50000 mandatory fine. If you miss a day of training camp, it's non-forgivable. So that's like 10 practices. That's a half a million dollars. That's still salvageable. I mean, that's still like palatable, I guess, for Aaron Rodgers, but that's real money. And that to me is when, when the money starts to matter. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider with us on the Goodyear hotline. All right. One or two more on this real quick. 
are the Packers just going to play chicken, call his bluff here, and wait and see if he shows up for training camp? Like, I don't think they should, <laughs> but <laughs> but everything that they've done has been pretty tactless to this point. You know, like Mark Murphy, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the CEO, he did like a Q&A with mm-hmm. fans where he does like every month on the Packers website and like got on there and someone asked him a said something that wasn't even related to Rogers. And he comes out and says, yeah, this has really divided the fan base. And it's like, why are you bringing this up right now? And it really, I don't think it has divided the fan base. Pretty much the fan base is like, how do we get Aaron Rodgers back? So everything the Packers are doing just feels weird. And uh, I don't know. I mean, outside of giving him, a contract that makes him feel good, feel good about his future, whether in Green Bay or a contract that another team would would take on and continue to pay Aaron Rodgers. Like aside from that, uh, I wouldn't play chicken with that guy. Yeah, you made a statement that you're dividing the that he's dividing the fan base, but really, if you're Mark Murphy, you're trying to divide the fan base to get some people in your corner on this publicly. That's what it felt like. Did you see? I mean, like yeah. I, like, I'll read it to you. It was on the Packers website, and it goes, this guy asked this question. I don't know. This guy can. I don't even know if you call this a question. It's not a question. There's no question mark. He says, dear Mark, you have done a great job. Don't let the, I don't want to say the word, the, uh, but let's say critics. Don't let the critics drag you down. Washington needs a new name. I suggest the generals. Literally not even a question. <laughs> and Mark Murphy goes on to say, thanks, Ken. The situation we face with Aaron Rodgers has divided our fan base. Was that a burner uh, account? <laughs> it feels like, like it. Was that Brian Colangelo was, on the other end? I, I, was, I was literally checking the URL. Like, am I, am I getting duped here? Is this like uh, some weird site where it's a parody? Like, that's, that's, a real, that's a real thing from the CEO of the Packers. Like, um, I, I, I'm dead serious. I don't understand what they're doing. Our, that's all right. weird. You're a betting man, Jeff, before I let you go. Are we still talking about this being the situation? I know you said you don't think they should, but are we still talking about this when camp opens? I think we're still talking about when camp opens, uh, yes. Mm. But I still am—I still have this weird feeling that Aaron Rodgers will play for the Packers in 2021 in some way. There's too much on the table for him as well. I think this, this is last year in Green Bay, but I do think he winds up playing. That's total a total guess on my part, but that's my guess. As usual, awesome insight, Jeff Darlington. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL Insider, giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Cutting your wireless bill in half feels good. Home run in the ninth inning, good. Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. What's on your mind? It's brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Let's hit the phones. Here's Joseph in North Carolina on the Julio Jones trade. Joseph, what's going on? You're on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. How you doing, Chris? Great. Doing all right? Outstanding. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I really don't get the whole Julio Jones trade. Um, the Titans are run base. They're going to put it through Derrick Henry. 
And for countless of times, you said that the GM said block, block, block. So that's going to be his position. If you're Julio Jones and one of the first things that you're hearing about is blocking as a wide receiver, listen, not knocking him because he's done it reasonably well in his career, but that's telling you right away that this offense is really structured around Derrick Henry. Now, you don't go and make a trade and take on the money that you're willing to take on of Julio Jones if you're not planning on making him a big part of what you want to do offensively. But to me, when you start talking about that, you you need to talk up the player himself and make him feel like he's going to be a huge part of this offense. I don't think that sets the best tone right away. Maybe reading too much into it, that happens. But I also feel like the Titans' offense, they don't exactly know how he's going to fit in yet. And that's why... It's confusing to see them let Corey Davis walk, somebody that they invested the fifth overall pick in, and he finally started to give them some return on investment this past year. And then he walks away, and you could have re-signed him for the contract. I'm not saying that Corey Davis is Julio Jones in his prime. He's not. But Julio Jones is, what, 32 years old now, coming off a season in which he missed seven games. Are you going to be sweating it out every Sunday come inactive time as to whether or not he's going to be available? Coop is up next in North Carolina on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Coop, what's cooking, brother? Morning, Greeny. Or Just Chris, to and for Greeny, what's up? With you all, uh, the Eagles. So I read an article that Jalen Hurts has been getting some um, leadership in with the guys. I was wondering about this Ertz uh, trade. So do you think we'll play with Ertz this year, or if we do make a trade, uh, will we get any pieces that will help us this year? I don't think that Zach Ertz is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle this year. There's even the thought that he's not going to show up in training camp uh, if he still is on the roster. I fully expect him to get traded away. And I don't know at this point if you can get a whole lot more than a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz, considering how the numbers went considerably down, and also that he's an older player at this point. Don't be shocked if the New York Jets make a play for Zach Ertz. Joe Douglas has that history in Philadelphia, has a relationship with Zach Ertz, and he might be a good veteran to have in that huddle for a young quarterback like Zach Wilson. Don't be shocked if that's something that you see happen. Hey, you want to be at your best. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet. And to do that, you're going to need some help. Your teammate to tackle anything and everything. A handful of almonds. They have six grams of plant-based protein and are an excellent source of vitamin E and magnesium. It's the snack you need to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So whether you're going for the gold or another round of bingo, refuel with almonds. California almonds own your every day, every day. Call me Greeny. I basically am what happens if Greeny really let himself go and had an unfortunate situation 
regarding that fabulous head of hair he has. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Tonight, it's game two of the Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. If the Bucks get out of town with a win tonight, and you're not going to see James Harden the rest of this series, they will win. They will win. I have virtually no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Here is Steve Nash yesterday on the situation with Harden. You tell me if he's somebody that sounds optimistic about what we're going to see in the future, especially after he's out tonight. To be honest with you, tightness and and most importantly is he's out for the next game. So we're preparing for tomorrow night as, as we ended up playing last night. And... And that's our focus, you know. For James, you know, we obviously are desperate for him to return. And he's a huge piece of what we do in our team. But at this point, I think it would be all guesswork to to really understand. You know, he's had such a little, you know, up and down recent history with it that it's really hard to predict. And uh, so let's hope for the best. But uh, I, I, we can't really say anything too predictive or or. you know too definitive right now I don't know how you could be terribly optimistic about Harden being back in this series when this is the same hamstring injury that cost him 18 games down the stretch of the regular season it doesn't sound to me like the Nets are terribly optimistic about having him back in this series and I don't see how they're going to win without him before the year I felt pretty confident in the way the Nets were constructed that without him, they could win a championship before the rumors even started because they had the likes of Karis LeVert and Jarrett Allen, and even before the Dinwiddie injury, they were constructed very well, and they've done a nice job in developing guys like Nick Claxton, Landry Shamit hasn't been exactly what they would have hoped, but obviously they've done a great job to get Blake Griffin playing at an exceptionally high level right now, or... Blake Griffin just happens to be doing that since he got out of Detroit. All of that aside, I look at game one. I look at Chris Middleton shooting 6 of 23. That's not going to happen again if the Bucs are going to win this series. I look at Drew Holiday not being at his best in game one. And defensively, the Milwaukee Bucks were not great. And they still had a chance to win that game. KD and Kyrie can carry the day on any given night. But when I look at the series as a whole, and you understand that the Bucks can be a better defensive team, much better in this series, that they can score pretty close to how well the Nets can score when they finish second in the league in scoring this year, you understand that Milwaukee getting one in Brooklyn is going to go a long way toward them potentially winning this series. And this, this series, to me, is going to become really just about Giannis, and it's going to be about Chris Middleton as a number two. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.